It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This ball is from Zach Taylor, the Bengals organization. I spent my first night at the City right here at the Old Tavern. Ticket to the Super Bowl next week. We're going to get it done. Eagle Who day? Who day? Who Ted Karras, first year with the Bengals. Continuing the tradition. A long tradition, a storied tradition that goes back many year. One year. Started last year. These Bengals have won five postseason games in Huge two tradition. years. Yeah. In their entire history, before last year, they had won five postseason games. So, yeah. what a turnaround. And they are going nowhere. Joe Burrow's right. As long as he's there, they are going to be winning postseason games. The only question is, do they get to the postseason? And they likely will win enough games out of 17 most years to get there we'll be talking about them and the other remaining teams plus everything else happening in the nfl today on pft live presented by google pixel learn more at googlestore.com christopher hello how are you today i'm great michael how are you yeah i mean it's kind of cool right the Bengals, like the tradition they're kind of starting a new tradition it is amazing five wins the last two years only won five before that it is kind of it really is and then when you when you take in the other aspect mike like what you're talking about you know, Burrow, yeah, we expect him every year. I mean, uh, Mahomes, we expect him in the AFC Championship every year. And then the Josh Allen factor. I mean, it's really three guys where you look at it and you go, I, I have a hard time thinking their teams won't make the playoffs over the next few years. And then it's off of that, like, the the rivalries. We thought it was going to be Allen and Mahomes, but I don't know. Maybe it's going to be Burrow and Mahomes that's going to be the rivalry that's more Brady versus Manning-like. So, there's a lot of ways this can go. It's very exciting right now in the AFC and, of course, for the Bengals for sure. Hey, it's not really a robbery until both guys win one. Yeah, right, right. Mahomes hasn't beaten Burrow. So three years or three times last year, the Bengals beat the Chiefs and the Bengals get the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium this weekend. Show is PFT Live. We are live on Peacock, Sirius XM 85. Sky Sports NFL, tape delayed, as they used to say, Boom. and also podcast, which is also tape delayed. I didn't realize until yesterday, because we will be in Phoenix, I did know that, starting 13 days from now for all of Super Bowl week, and we will be live there 1 to 3 Eastern time, 11 to 1 local time with the re-air in the morning. I didn't realize that we're currently re-aired 1 to 3 on Peacock, 1 to 3 on Sirius XM 85. I had no idea. 
or if anyone ever told me, I'd forgotten about it. I, I found out about that yesterday because someone in the business texted me at 140 saying, I didn't realize that you and Sims were on Sirius XM in the afternoon. And I said, well, I didn't either. So Jeez. sent I, a couple emails, sent a couple texts. I didn't know. One to three Eastern, we are live on Sirius XM 85 and on Peacock again. So if you miss it in the morning and you prefer something that's happening in the moment instead of on demand or later or after the fact, there you go. One to three live, especially serious. If you're out driving around or whatever, and you don't want to listen to whatever else is on in the afternoon, you can listen to us from one to three Eastern. Nothing against anything else that may be on, but if you don't want to listen to it, we're on one to three Eastern as we will be live from the Super Bowl starting 13 days from now. Yes, we will be. Thank you for that. Thank you for that announcement. Did you know? Did you want did me you to know? give an answer all of that? Did yes, we are. I did know. I did I, know. We've been told many no, times. Did you know we were on? I did. Yes, we I did. We were on one to three? I did. Yes, I did. I was aware of that. I'm not aware of much in life, but I was aware of that. That was one thing. No. <laughs> I mean, every day, not yeah. just the Super no, Bowl. Every day. Yeah. Did you know every day? I was. I mean, I was aware Where of- Where the hell have I been? The Peacock thing, I mean, of course I knew for a while. The Sirius XM thing, I, I feel like I found out some point during the football season. Somebody said something here in the building, yeah. and I realized it. Yeah. I mean, get you know, get a clue. Figure out your own show. Jeez. You don't even know what the hell is going on with your own show. I didn't know. Jeez. I didn't know. Some now damn head coach hey, you are. Uh, <laughs> first Monday night without- NFL football since the week after oh, Labor Day. Right. What did you do? It, yeah, it was weird. Um, I started White Lotus, right? Have you heard about that show on HBO, right? Yes, um, I'm aware of that show. Yes, so there's two seasons. I kind of seen a little, you know, just through flipping through the channels, but started on season two, episode one last night. We've had so many people tell us about it. So, And then, of course, my wife with – you know, she's an Italian. She like you, but she doesn't like it like her cousins. She's from her family, deep heritage into Sicily, and she wanted to see that as well. Uh, so there's, you know, a few things there. We're kind of it looked good. It was a good start. I'm not. I'm not a TV critic. Yeah, I, I enjoy a good TV program dating back to when I would. Uh, you know, manage my excitement about watching Saturday cartoons by urinating in the trash can because I didn't want to go back upstairs and miss anything from Scooby Doo or whatever happened to be on Can't that. Can't miss that. But I, if 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 I if I understand the whole practice we now have of binging shows one episode at a time, et cetera. Don't you start with season one, episode well, one? How, how do you start I, with season two, it, episode it's one? It's a valid question. That. Valid question. No, I, I did start with season one, episode one. And my wife was like, wait, this one's not the one in Sicily. And I was like, okay, well, I thought maybe you'd want to start from the beginning. And then she's like, wait, I don't think these shows are connected. And I was like, you know what? I think you're right. I think people have told me that, that you could start season two and it'd just be a fresh show. So it's not really... It's it's each each season's kind of its own thing, right, Mike? Uh, and and that at least that's how I understand it. I didn't feel like I was missing anything or a backstory to to anything as far as starting out of season two. Or maybe I'm wrong, but I, well, I didn't catch that know. yet. Yeah, now we know. is that is that going to be a Monday night thing, or are you just going to binge through it whenever you have I think, time? Yeah, just going to watch an episode on Monday night in lieu of football. At night. At night, like, you know, tonight we'll probably do the same thing. By the time we get on the couch after dinner around, you know, 8.15, 8.30, watch a show, maybe two, whatever, go to bed, you know, rinse, wash, repeat, do it again. That's kind of what we're in right now. I'm like you, though. I'm tired I've today. Got a... Tired hurt. It hurt waking up today. I'm... Today hurt me. <laughs> I'm still recovering from the weekend. Yeah, the, the right. tra Even though most of your time is sitting around, the nervous energy that burns in you, especially on a day when there are two NFL games and you're forced to watch one of them from your phone at the Detroit airport and you miss a chunk of it while the plane is flying and it's just all discombobulated and upside down. It takes a little time to recover from it. And we're also recovering, not that we're complaining, but you know the regular grind of all those games and everything we do it's it's kind of coming to a conclusion and i know i'm limping to the finish line but uh, off we go by the way monday night since you're not interested i'm going to tell you what i did i've got like a loose <laughs> list in my <laughs> right, brain <laughs> of my five favorite movies yeah. and i've never really like you know it's not like i have them on a card next to my health insurance information in my wallet i just have a loose understanding of the ones that are my all-time favorites 
And one of them has to be Sin of a Woman. I watched that in chunks <laughs> on the do. flights to and from Kansas City. That that movie is just awesome. And I could probably watch that once a month. And I didn't know how well I know the dialogue because I could anticipate the lines from Al Pacino before they came out of his mouth. And it's not like I've seen that movie a ton of times, but I feel like it's something I now the lines need to are watch pretty, yeah. like once every few months that I really do enjoy that. I, I, I get that. I've heard you bring up that movie before, and it seems right up your alley. That's that's one that I would have guessed you would have liked very much. I mean, he's he's got some great one-liners. I mean, it's a good story. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but it was damn good. And, yeah, I feel like Al Pacino – it's kind of like your 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 alter ego. That's like that's like you know your your spirit your spirit person or whatever. That, that's, I don't know. That's I don't know are. how much. <laughs> I don't know how much. I don't know how much different his character in that movie is for me. Other than the ability to see, I think there's the same well, kind of cantankerous. That, well, yes, that's that's what I that's what I was trying to say. He's like your spirit animal yeah. or something. I know there's another word for yeah. that, but that's yeah, that's that's what I feel yeah. like. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another movie, another movie since we're doing, and somebody suggested after our review of hell or high water, they, they watched it and enjoyed it and, uh, would like us to make more suggestions. Here's one that I'm surprised wasn't more of a, boy, we've, we've already pissed away 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm surprised, but that's okay. There isn't a lot going on. I'm surprised it wasn't more of a hit back when it came out. I wasn't even sure when it came out. I wasn't aware of it when it came out. It's called The Prestige. It's a Christopher Nolan film with Hugh Jackman. Very good. And Christian Bale. I like Michael it a Caine, lot. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson. That movie is incredible. And I remember the first time that I saw it. Right. And if you've never seen it, I highly recommend it. But you got to pay attention. Yes. Are you watching closely? Right. It's the first line. And it comes up because you need to be watching closely. The moment that movie's over, you're going to want to watch it again. That was the... Impulse it is one of those. The first time I saw the second it. time and, you watch it might be better because you figure you figure out little things. Yeah, 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 yeah. No spoilers, but uh, he was dead the whole time. But uh, <laughs> uh, but it's one of those that, and I have I watch that like once a year, and and I notice little things that maybe I missed the first. I don't know how many times I've seen it. I've probably seen that ten, twelve times. But it's it's really good. Anyone looking for something to do now that the most of the grind is over? For football, like this Saturday, no games. Sen of a woman, the prestige double header, followed by season two, episode one of White Lotus. I guess forget about season one. Watch season one if you like season two. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll get to season one after season two. We're gonna go reverse order there. All right, let's go. Let's talk some football All right. here. Here we go. Here we go. Season eleven for Andy Breed with the Kansas City Chiefs, Man. and uh, back in the. AFC Championship yet again. I saw yesterday that Patrick Mahomes has never played a playoff game on the road, ever. Every playoff game he's ever played has been at Arrowhead Stadium, and he undoubtedly will play this week. And the question is, how hampered will he be with that high ankle sprain that he suffered against the Jaguars on Saturday night? Here is Andy Reid talking about the status of Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Yeah, no, he's he's uh, worked hard um, in the treatment and – is doing okay. He's going to play. So, I mean, that's, uh, um, that's his mindset. And, and then we'll just take it day by day and see how he does. The game plan part, we don't have to do much either way. I mean, they both run the same play. So um, as, as far as the reps, I, I've got to see how he, how he feels, uh, you know, when we get ready for practice. Yeah, there's no way – he won't play. The question is, how right. effective right. will he be? And that high ankle sprain, it's typically a four- to six-week injury. But he's not a typical human. No, he's, he's not. not a typical professional football player. Professional football players generally recover from things faster than the rest of us. But even among pro athletes, I think he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's just a class got of himself. a right. determination. Right. He can overcome biology and science and just kind of will his way toward whatever it is he wants to do, and I think he'll he'll be good enough to play. That doesn't mean he's going to be the classic Patrick Mahomes hair on fire. No. But, you know, Chris, it's almost better. Think back to Super Bowl 55. He was trying to be hair on fire Mahomes yeah. with that bad toe right. that needed surgery just three days later. This time around, he's going to have to play within himself. He's going to have to check himself. 
He's not going to be able to do those things, so he has to fashion an approach to this game that is different from his usual approach, and he will. And they'll have a game plan that reflects it, and he'll still do those those things he always does because he can make those throws with, with one leg. He can make those throws with no leg. We've seen him make great throws with both feet off the ground, for crying out loud. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, we saw him throw a great touchdown pass in this one in the, you know, or what was that, the early fourth quarter, late third quarter there, to score a touchdown, kind of jumping up as he's moving in the pocket, right? I mean, first off, you're right about his injury status. He's, he's Gumby. So his muscles and ligaments are different than ours. There's no question about that. And then I think when you add on two other things that I think are you can look at as maybe a little bit of a silver lining here. One, I mean, first off, he's a quarterback. We know that, right? So this is not high ankle sprains are tough. They are. Uh, but but at the same time, it's not like he's a receiver or a DB where he's got to stop and jam his foot in the ground and drive and do that. So, you know, that is makes him more capable of playing. We saw underneath the center driving out to hand off the ball is an issue because of the torque and the push there. So you might not see that as much in the game plan. But here's another thing too, Mike. One We've, we've talked about, right, almost every other week, he, he's been great in the pocket this year. He's kind of went to the next level, maturity, patience, whatever. Andy Reid told me, check down, right? He's found the check down. He's comfortable there. So he's played the game by the book, as we've discussed a few times this year, I think better than ever before. When you really just talk about, you know, like – school of quarterbacking and going through your reads and staying in the right pocket and moving in the right pocket. So from that aspect, the, the way he grew in that department this year, but maybe it was for this moment because they, they, he's, he's ready for it. And then I think when you add on top of this too, Mike, Cincinnati, one of the reasons they're 3-0 and versus Patrick Mahomes and then 1-0 and against Josh Allen now, they don't let you run and scramble. Like we saw on Saturday or Sunday afternoon, right? Think about it. That was one of the things that was kind of chopped away from the Bills in their attack was that Josh Allen, and maybe the snow had a little bar, part of this, he couldn't scramble around and buy time and do quite the magic because Cincinnati is very good at doing the right things to contain the mobile quarterback. So uh, I didn't mean to say so much there, but I think there's some things there that, that are positive that, that he can overcome. Yeah, that's right. If they're not going to let you run around anyway, well, I'm not yeah. able to run around. Hang in and, there. Right. And it's it's quick decisions, throw the ball, operate from the pocket, and don't do the things that, that he's so used to doing, running left, running right, running down the field, doing whatever. And I, I still think that – I still think he'll probably have – Yeah, right. You know, from time to time, the ability – to do more than we think. He may rope-a-dope us a little bit. Remember when Robert Sala told us a couple of years ago, right after he got the Jets job. Was He'll it, get his was little that, weird that walk it. It going. Getting, Super, Bowl, Super Bowl 55 was right. coming, and it's like, don't be fooled by the old man walk. Yeah, right. And then he takes off on you. Like, yeah. he does that like he's hurt between plays. And, he does, and I remember yeah. Mahomes himself <laughs> right. caught wind of those comments and got a kick out of it. But, yeah, the, the, don't don't fall for it. And there could be an element of that. Uh, let's make him think he's not mobile until we ab- absolutely need it. And, uh, and and the other thing, too, first half last year when those two teams got together, I mean, it was 21-3. They, they, they were poised to, to blow him out. Oh, and, uh, I don't. They don't mess up the end of the second quarter. Who knows what happens? I mean, yeah. that was a huge moment in the football game, right? Jason Garrett talked about it in our pregame show. It was, it was frivolous, right, a little bit with the way they ended that half last year. And they left points on the board. And. You know, of course, in a game that went to overtime, that certainly hurt them and hurt the momentum and everything. You're right. So, you know, I mean, they're not going to be scared. That's why this is going to be awesome. The Chiefs have been, you know, nobody's punk in Patrick Mahomes' era, right? Nobody's been like, hey, we own you, Chiefs. Like, we kind of own you. Yeah. Like, nobody's done that to them. I think there's a big part. One, they wanted the Bengals because they want the Bengals because they know they're 0-3. Two, they wanted to be home and not in the neutral site. And that's where it, there's a lot of theatrics and little storylines off of this game that I think are really cool. And I think that if Patrick Mahomes was truly 100%, it's easier to think it's time for the Chiefs to win this game. But we had that same mindset when they met in the regular season. Yeah, It's time for the Chiefs to beat the Bengals. Right. It's time for the Chiefs to beat the Bengals. And the Bengals keep beating 
the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, as, as of the last time I checked, were a one-point favorite in this game. We'll see how that moves if it moves during the week. All right, so two years ago we talked about Super Bowl 55, Buccaneers beating the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes on a day when he was hobbled by turf toe that had to be surgically repaired three days later. Fast forward, now Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are out, and they've been out for nine days, losing the wild card round to the Cowboys. So it was the first Monday you know, for all of us to have no football. It was the first Monday for Tom Brady to have no football, but he still does his Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray. And Jim Gray, who didn't exactly press him the way he once pressed Pete Rose about betting on baseball, Jim Gray asked the question that everyone is asking, what are you going to do in 2023? And it was just funny to hear Tom Brady on his own show get a little pissy with the question. Have a listen to the latest episode of the Let's Go podcast. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's only the question scratching. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. Was, was that a podcast or a press conference? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but 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 all, all the only, the question was: Do you have any type of a timeline? It wasn't even: Do you know what you're going to do? He got he got triggered. If I effing knew what I was going to do, I'd effing tell you. We're not asking what you're going to do. We're just asking what's your timeline? What's your timeline? Well, you know, Jim. Here's how this goes. This is a quiet time. There isn't much happening. In the, the middle of March, that's when decisions can be made and acted upon, and I anticipate that by then I'll have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to do. And if not, I'll wait until I do, but I'm taking it one day at a time. It was just kind of a weird reaction, and uh, and it's not like he's constantly exposed to it. He didn't play, maybe, maybe he's Maybe he's just salty because he didn't have the opportunity to be asked about it last week or after a game because he didn't have a game that required him to do a press conference during the week. Or after the game. I don't know. I just thought it was odd that he got a little pissy with, with his friend. Before he, he, he calmed down. It flashed. He got it out of his system, and then it kind of went away. Yeah, it, I mean, it, 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 you would think that, you know, you would know that question's coming. Of course. It's probably half the audience is the reason they're listening to the podcast. Is try to just, you know, get a little clue, context clue, whatever, about his future. Uh, obviously some frustration there and, and we'll see, you know, I mean, I want to go, I almost want to listen again because I want to, how did you say Jim Gray phrased the question? What was, what was the question he asked? How did he say it? Do you have a timeline? Yeah. What's your timeline? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, even what are you going to do? I, I need to know right now what you're going to do. I mean, his reaction was as if Jim Gray said, I want to know right now yeah, what right, you're going to do. Right. You know what you're going to do. Don't give me this one day at a time, bullcrap Tom Brady. I've known you for a long time. You always have a plan, and I know you have a plan. I want to know what that plan is. That's the kind of question that would have been more appropriate to respond to with, if I effing knew what I was going to do, I'd effing tell you what I'm doing. So it's just that's what was weird about the whole thing. Yeah. It was an innocuous and obvious question. If, if Tom Brady is going to have a podcast, and if Tom Brady is going to do an episode of the podcast the Monday after his season ends, he'd better damn expect right now, given everything that's happening with him, that the question is going to come up at some point. When do you think you might know, Tom? about what you're going to do. If you don't, I mean, what's he going to do? Talk about that stupid movie for, for, for a full hour that's coming out that I doubt anyone is going to go see? I mean, come on. I, 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 and I don't, for all I know, it's sponsoring the show. I don't know. I don't know. The blitz has begun for 80 for Brady. But let me tell you something. I, I, I haven't seen much by way of trailer. Maybe, maybe it'll be on my top five list with Hell or High Water, the Godfather movies, Goodfellas, the Prestige and Scent of a Woman. Maybe it'll be up there. I'll put all the Godfather movies, the first two into one. Maybe it'll maybe it'll invade my personal top five. Everything I've seen so far suggests to me that that movie is going to be ass. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I feel like I've heard about it. I haven't even seen any clips or anything of it to to really know or make that judgment yet. But like. I mean, one, I'm with you on the, uh, you know, what you're saying. And, and I love the actresses involved. I, lo I love the actresses involved. Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Sally Field, Rita Moreno, 
awesome. I just think the premise is stupid. Road trip of eight elderly women who are obsessed right, with getting right. to the Super Bowl so they can go see Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Right. I mean, isn't that the isn't that the premise of Detroit Rock City? The movie where they were trying to get the Kiss concert is it, am I I, I, yeah, I mean Maybe. Uh, come on how, yeah. how many how many movies have we seen where it's some sort of a collection of people who are trying to get somewhere I just feel like I feel like this is just another way to for everyone to bow down to the great and powerful goat and all right well we'll see we'll see hanging around with you we'll Maybe see Siskel and you. Ebert over there the original. Okay. Tom Brady hater. Yeah, I know. Well, right. listen, he's going to get annoyed. Everybody's going to keep asking him this. I mean, of course. I mean, one, you know, yeah, you're the greatest player ever, the GOAT, so people want to know if you're going to play or not play. Two, you know, you pulled a fast one on everybody last year and tried to play the whole retirement thing, and you were setting up your next move. So no one's going to take you at your word for any of this conversation. Now, three, the other thing is it's too early for him to have figured out. He might have a few clues on teams that might like him or whatever else. But, like, this is the big thing to me. I mean, whether Brady comes back or not is going to be dependent on the teams or the situations that he thinks are available for him to play, I think. I mean, he's not coming back to some team to go, I think we can get to the wild card round. Or we might be a playoff contender. If he comes back, he's going to one of the top teams in football. Now, who is that going to be? I don't know. But he's not going to go to some team. He's going to go to the team that was like Tampa or that was like Miami, right? Or whoever that might be this year, you know. But I don't think he's – again, that's where we're at the early stages of this because – He's evaluating rosters and teams, and I'm sure talking to people. And then he's coaches are kind of out of town, taking a break here and there. The ones that are in the playoffs or just got done. So I'm sure he's waiting for a few answers and trying to figure things out as you know the end of the season kind of gets figured out by some of these organizations before he does make a decision or make his next move. And let's face it, there's a reality that. At age 46, that team that he may handpick yeah. as the place that gives him the best chance to win a championship isn't interested in Tom Brady. There's a chance that that's going to happen. There's a chance that they're going to take down the help wanted sign when Tom Brady comes walking to the front door. And he has experienced that in the past because the 49ers have done it to him once that we know of, twice that we believe. You and I both believe that it wasn't a coincidence that he's visiting his parents in San Mateo. Kyle Shanahan, the coach of the 49ers, isn't at the scouting combine, and they hire Brady's former college teammate Brian Greasy to be the quarterback's coach, and he arrives in San Francisco slash Santa Clara all in the same time frame. Well, I, we, yeah. We, and, and I think that's I think that's the other thing, Chris. Right. Let me just throw this out there Go for ahead. consumption as well. I think he's careful about what he says because he knows damn well he's going to be breaking the rules again. The teams are going to be talking to him when they shouldn't be. So it's better to just build up this wall of go F yourself, Jim Gray, to get everybody off the scent, to get everybody out there who may be inclined to try to figure out what Tom Brady's going to do to get them to not pay attention to the fact that the wheels are going to be in motion weeks before the wheels are allowed to be in motion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying there. I mean, that, that's already started, I'm sure. There's rules being broken as we speak. I mean, again, and I'm not judging. We know that's just the way that works. That's how the donuts are made. Uh, so that, I'm, not, I'm not mad at him for, for doing that, certainly. But, yeah, I would think that process has begun. You know, and I hear a lot of people go, hey, oh, the Raiders. Yeah, I get it. The Raiders make sense in some ways. But do we sit here and go, oh, the Raiders are going to be, like, definitely a juggernaut next year? I mean, their offensive line, you know, it needs a few guys. Their defense needs a total revamp. I don't know if we could sit here and go, well, they look, well, let's put them there. Whoa, they're super talented. They're going to be in the mix next year. And then they're in the AFC West. So that's where you start to get into it. And what is that situation? Where does it go? And you brought up the team that I sit there and at times and still go, I don't know. I mean, th- that's the team that's set up for them, the 49ers. That, that makes sense, and you can connect dots that way. 
But, again, they got Brock Purdy. He's looking pretty damn good. Uh, I don't know what he'd have to do to solidify his job, but I would think we're getting there pretty damn close. That uh, You'd go, well, okay, yeah, he's our starter next year. We are in the NFC Championship game. He has played well. But to me, it's that type of situation. And when I look at it, I just go, I don't know if that situation is there this year like it was in Tampa where I think everybody in football went, ooh, Tampa is super talented. And they got studs everywhere. And the quarterback just is a turnover machine. And if they got the quarterback right, everybody was kind of going watch out for Tampa. And I don't know if there's that team right now in the NFL that makes sense. There are people out there who I assume have functioning brains who seem to believe that if Jimmy Garoppolo is cleared to play, he's automatically going to play, which makes no sense. Now, no this way. week, Kyle Shanahan made it clear yesterday that, that, Shan- that Garoppolo won't be available. But if they get to the Super Bowl, hey, Jimmy G will be available. Yeah, he ain't playing if they get to the Super Bowl because Brock Purdy will have gotten them to the Super Bowl. And I think that's the key, Chris. Right. If Brock Purdy checks the box this week, if the 49ers go into Philadelphia and beat the Eagles, unless Brock Purdy throws four first-half interceptions like Trevor Lawrence did in the playoff win by the Jaguars over the Chargers, unless there's something like that, Purdy's the guy for the Super Bowl and beyond. The future, right? And I would think Brady so, too. Brady really does want to play. Yeah, if he really does want to play for the team he grew up rooting for, if you haven't heard, he was present at the catch game all those years ago. Yeah. He needs Purdy he's to be hoping that Purdy yeah. pisses down. His exactly. That's he's exactly... got to be hoping that Purdy <laughs> right. melts down and the Eagles win that game by 10 points or more. That... That's the only way that the 49ers, because think of how it ends with a thud. Look at the Cowboys. It ends with a thud. Right. The Bills, it ends with a thud. If the 49ers run to the Super Bowl, it ends with a thud. That's when the vibe is different about Brock Purdy. That's when the door cracks open for Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I mean, you're, I think you're right. You're right. I was going to use the same exact language. Pee down his leg. He, it looks. I mean, it would. I would think it would have to be something uh, of, of that, that 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 you know gets Brock Purdy off the starting perch for the 49ers. And then you know, again, Mike, I look at it and just go, you know, what are some other teams that? possibly could make sense we hit Vegas I know people hey think the Tennessee Titans maybe because of Rabel but uh, I I don't see that happening you know I've heard that conversation is there any anybody else out there the Colts right I don't think that's gonna happen no, we know that Colts right ain't gonna happen no they're they, not gonna do that they've again. had enough of the old quarterback one right. year too late right so you know you get into it and you go it, it's slim pickings here as far as places that seem to make sense for Tom Brady and then have the formula we're talking about again he's not gonna go to some team where he's just gonna go I think I can make this team a wild card team he's gonna come back to go to a team to go I think I can win the Super Bowl and then it's going to be after that going to be, wait, do they have a great offensive line? Because I need to be protected and I have to play, you know, in that little realm because he can't extend plays and he doesn't want to take hits. That's just the reality of the situation. But we've seen when he is protected, you know, that mofo can still throw the ball all over the field. That's for sure. And that's where I have a hard time kind of figuring out or pegging the, the spot that makes sense for Tom Brady. Well, the Dolphins, from his perspective, are still in play. Sure. Whether the Dolphins are in play for him is a different issue. That is a flame toward which they may not want to reach their fingers after getting burned for a first-round pick last year because, again, it is going to require a little bit of tampering to get yourself in proper position to acquire the services of Tom Brady. That's what happened three years ago. The Buccaneers tampered with Tom Brady. They did. Bruce Arians blatantly talked about calling Tom Brady at the start of free agency at the scouting combine, tampering central, where you're supposed to just keep your mouth shut about tampering, but you do it anyway. I guarantee you, Don Yee, Tom Brady's agent, is going to be talking to multiple teams about Tom Brady just a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl when we go to Indianapolis for the scouting combine. It happens all the time. It happens not out in the open, but it happens easily in and efficiently because all the agents are there, all the teams are there, and the agents meet with the various coaches and general managers to talk about players ostensibly on their teams. But during those meetings, we know other things come up. So uh, I'd put the Dolphins in play potentially. I would put the Jets maybe in play, although 
I don't know. What does Tom? I you know maybe Tom Brady wants that. He's got a son that lives in the New York area. He stays yeah. on the Eastern Seaboard. I'm kind of intrigued by that possibility. I'm intrigued by him possibly going back to the Patriots, although I don't think they're good enough right now. But right. you know what? If all the other opportunities, because this is what Chris, this is where I differ with you a little bit this year. Yeah. What what Rob Gronkowski said on Fox on Sunday is or Saturday, I believe it was, whatever opportunity makes Tom Brady the most excited to play the game of football, that's where he will be next year. Whichever one makes him the most excited. And, yeah, ideally I go to a place where I got a shot to get championship number eight. But if all those seats are taken, I still want to play. That was the sense I got, the vibe I got after the loss to the Browns when he said on his podcast, I would rather play and lose than not play at all. It, it makes me think that, that yeah. if he can't do what he did three years ago, he'll do where wherever he thinks he'll be the happiest. Where will I be the most excited and where will I be the happiest? To go to San Francisco across the country from your kids? You got you know, you got a shot at a Super Bowl and you can walk off into the sunset playing for the team you grew up loving. That would be awesome. If that isn't there, what do I do? You know, I I still think this if Sean Payton ends up with the Panthers, I think we gotta watch Tom Brady go in there because they seem to be very interested in joining forces somewhere. And that's one of the places where if, if Payton goes, Brady could follow. But I think there's several teams out there, and it's all the more reason for him to keep his mouth shut about it, because you never know how it's gonna play out. And the last thing that Brady would want to do from a pure pride standpoint is express interest in a team that isn't interested in him. That would be the ultimate slap in the face. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. Publicly, I'm I Yeah, I, I got you. I got what you're saying. You know, and, and again, what, what we've hit on here, too, is it's first off, like, uh, you know, Brady, Brady, uh, I know he likes, uh, loves football, but I don't, I don't, first off, like teams, yes, you're going to get Brady and you're going to be in the same boat the next year with whether you need a quarterback. So that's going to be taken into account. It's not the worst problem. We know teams can figure that out. The second part of that is, you know, I, I understand he loves football and all that. I get it. But I, he, he, he's not going to just go and play just because he, he loves football and puts himself in some situation. What? So he can act miserable like he did the last this whole year, this year? I mean, nobody in football watches and think Tom Brady had any fun this year. I mean, his body language, his leadership was all below average. Below. I mean, talking to people all over the NFL, they, they, that's all anybody could talk about. He did not look happy out there. So I, he's, not, he's not, I don't think, just going to play for the love of the game and be anywhere. You know, Yeah, he's going to play for the love of the game when he knows that it's set up to where he can get where he wants to get at the end of the day. I, I mean, this is Tom Brady. I just don't think it's going to be that way. Maybe he's changed. Maybe the, the fact that he's divorced and, um, you know, doesn't have that, you know, issue kind of hovering over him anymore. It, maybe that is changed him. I don't know. But I just, from what we've seen from years and years of Tom Brady, I don't think he's just going to go somewhere just because he enjoys playing the sport. He enjoys winning. And he enjoys being at the top of the sport more than anything. And this year we saw just, you know, they weren't winning. He wasn't on top of the sport. And he was looked like he was miserable most weeks. Well, and there's a clip making the rounds, too. Because if anyone out there thinks he may go back to the Buccaneers, you need to see the clip from the 49ers game. Brady was mic'd up. And... Brady in that kind of excited, squeaky voice that he gets, which just seems way too high and whiny for a guy who's six foot five. You'd think he'd, you know, talk like this. But he's he's trying to he's trying to get his offensive lineman motivated and it's doing nothing. They're like they they've checked out. They don't listen to him anymore. And whether that's I don't know why, I don't know what the reason for it would be, but it was kind of sad almost to see him trying to get these guys fired up and they're just not reacting. There's one where <laughs> the offensive lineman is sitting on the bench and he's throwing and he's talking to him and Donovan Smith's not even paying attention to him. Donovan Smith's like looking off. I don't know what he's watching. Something on the jumbotron. He's just not even looking at Tom Brady while Brady is trying to get his guys fired up. It's, it's just, it's sad, but it tells me he's done with Tampa and Tampa may be done with him. At least the players may be done with him, especially after this past year. Look, we, we, I don't know, we, we tried to tiptoe through the land or the minefield while it was happening, and it was a sensitive thing, and it's a personal issue. But, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ultimate example of a guy being treated completely differently than all of his teammates in a team sport. At some point, your teammates are gonna yeah get to the point where they've just had enough. Well, and you didn't even right? want to be on the team. The you wanted to be enough. on another team. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm gonna miss a Saturday walkthrough because I'm gonna go to a party in New York City. Of course, of course, nobody really was listening to his pep talks. I mean, uh, yes. That's like it's rain. That's the key, though, Chris. Chris, it runs hollow. They knew. They knew he wanted out. They knew he wanted to go to Miami. Exactly. They knew he wanted to go to Miami. Exactly. That the dirty little secret, right? That we were the we were the only ones last year until Ben Volan caught the whiff as well. It was us pushing that. Nobody else would touch it. Nobody else can't. Can't. I don't know why. I don't know why because I think others knew about it. I don't know what people were afraid of. They just looked the other way. On the biggest story of the 2022 offseason, but the Buccaneers players knew Tommy didn't want to be there. And then on top of that, he takes 10 days off during training camp. And as you said, he skips a Saturday walkthrough because he went to his old boss's wedding the night before. It, it just, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to get to a point where you're just done with this guy. I, I think so. You know, and it, it kind of seemed that way. You know, and then think you add on to again Brady the greatness he brings, sure, but within that too, in a year like this, where I think you add on all the things you said, and then you also go, wait, I mean, it, it's all our fault. It's never his fault. We win the game. It's all his fault. It's never our. It's never because of us. And you know, I think all that wears you out. It does. And uh, you know, I, I think that's something that teams will all be aware of when they sign him now. They, they got to realize, too, yeah, it's a one-year deal. He's going to use you and get out the door. And, you know, hopefully you can use him, too. But you know, I, I do go back to that, you know, same thing. It, it, it's, uh, to me, it's got to be, you know, something that, that really makes sense for him. And I don't know what that situation is as I sit here. You know, like a team that I think about that's set up that's perfectly just like Tampa Bay to a degree is like Detroit. Where I go, oh, look at Detroit. Hey, weapons, offensive line can run the ball. I know they need some defensive guys, and Tampa had the defensive guys too. But as far as that's concerned, I mean, those are where you look at it and go, well, he could go there, run the ball, play action. They'll protect him. He's got weapons galore. That makes sense. But they got Jared Goff, and they're good with that. But, yeah, I, there's not a team out there right now that really just smacks me in the face and go, ooh, watch out for that. You've kind of intrigued me by – Detroit because yeah Jared Goff has played well enough to continue but if you could get Tom Brady if you could fill Ford Field every week if you could bring him back to Michigan where he played college football mm. and you already that 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 would be a dilemma for the Lions if they get the call from Tom Brady or have already gotten the call you know through intermediaries and such what do you do if you're the Detroit Lions Dan Campbell Dan Campbell a protege of Sean Payton we know what Sean Payton thinks of Tom Brady. We yeah. probably know what – or at least Dan Campbell will know what Sean Payton thinks of Jared Goff. That's a fascinating possibility, Chris. Uh, that may be his best spot if, if they're willing to do it. One other thing about why I think the Buccaneers have had enough Tom Brady, and I'd never thought of this before. Think back to 2020, his first year there. It was the height of the pandemic. Nobody was going anywhere. Nobody was doing anything. Think about this year when the world's back to normal. Think about how many times in a given week every player on that team is asked by anyone about Tom Brady. Yeah. Everywhere right. they go, oh, you play for the Buccaneers? What's Tom Brady like? What's Tom Brady like? Did he really get – was he getting divorced? What's going on with him? Is he really that – you know, what, oh, tell us a good Tom Brady story. You get to a point where you collectively have just had enough of it. Yeah. I suspect that's part of it too. This guy is the center of the Buccaneers universe, and everywhere they go, I would assume they're getting questions about Tom Brady this and Tom Brady that and Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. You get to the point where it's like, enough, get rid of this guy. I can't take it anymore. Well, I, I, I don't think that's, you know, totally crazy. I don't. It's Again, it's why there's resentment at the quarterback position at times. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of expatriates that almost feel that way. They want to go, wait, damn, I'm a Hall of Famer, and we had a few other Hall of Famers on the team, and it's like we weren't even on the team. It's just like it was one guy that did it. I, I think that exhausts a lot of people, but that, 
you know, that comes with the territory, and it's not Tom Brady's fault either. So we can't blame him there, right? You know, I'm sure the Bulls had to hear that crap with Michael Jordan and, you know, the Colts with Peyton Manning and LeBron James and, you know, the Lakers and the ex-Cavalier players, all that. They all got to hear that. Uh, But, yeah, that can wear you out. Hey, it wears us out. We're paid to talk and do this, and we have days where I sit here and go, man, we got to talk about Brady again? We've, we've talked about Brady for like 15 out of the last 17 days. Like, holy crap, what else can we say about the guy? So I'm sure there, there's those sentiments within the locker room there as well. Yeah, uh, hey, I wrestle with it all the time. The businessman in me, the entrepreneur, if you will, loves a good Tom Brady story because Tom Brady sells. Tom Brady drives traffic. Tom Brady drives interest. The football fan in me or just the person who has to do the same thing every day, day after day, I'm sick of Tom Brady. I've had enough Tom Brady. Hey, Tom, just go away. We've had enough. And don't please don't go work for Fox. I don't want to listen to you for three hours for the biggest games of the week. That's how I feel. I can't get past that. I've had enough. I've reached my lifetime limit of Tom Brady. That's a (laughs) dynamic that I... Once, I, once you turn 50, and Tom, you'll be able to relate to this if you're watching, if you are, good morning. Sorry about all that stuff I just said. I really did mean it. I, uh, I, <laughs> you get to a point where you've reached your lifetime limit of dealing with certain people, doing certain things, having certain foods. It's like, I've had enough. I've had enough. Like, fireworks was the first thing for me that I noticed. You know, I've probably seen all the fireworks shows that I care to see in my life. They're not going to get any better it's the same idea. I've seen it. I've been there. I've done it. I don't need any more. And, uh, you know, the question is, does Tom Brady reach his lifetime limit of football before all of us have reached our lifetime limit of Tom Brady? That's the question. That's the race right now. Which one goes off the cliff first? And, uh, and we'll see. And I am being somewhat facetious, but not entirely. All right. One thing that has me salty about Tom Brady was the move that we witnessed in what surely will be his final game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When Tommy had a temper tantrum after a turnover while the Cowboys were beating the Buccaneers 24 to nothing in the third quarter, Malik Hooker gets the ball, runs the other way. Tom Brady tries to tackle him. Well, you know, Tom Brady isn't the most athletic person on the field, probably the least athletic person on the field. So he, he gets pissy and he tries to trip Malik Hooker. Slip, uh, tr- uh, just slips, trips, and tries at least to bring him down, and it, you know, it was obvious what he was trying to do. So he got fined sixteen thousand and change. It's always a specific number negotiated by the league and the union. He gets fined for the attempted trip of Malik Hooker. He actually addressed it. I was curious to see if he would. He addressed it last night on the Let's Go podcast. Chris, let's have a listen to Tom Brady making it clear that he plans to appeal because his trip was not successful. Here he is. I'm a little disappointed though. Why? Because I tried to tackle him with my right shoulder and missed him. And I wasn't going to try to stick my arm out. So I was trying to get him on the ground. I tried to get him on the ground, and I missed him completely. I didn't even hit him. I, I tried to trip him, but I didn't. So I don't know how you can get fined for something that didn't even happen. Are they finding an intention? It's like targeting, and you, and you missed the person you hit. And they still call it targeting. So I, I got to figure out and understand why this is the case. It's a little uh, – this is why I wish our NFLPA was stronger. NFLPA catching strays here. What the hell did the NFLPA do to get dragged down? They haven't lost the appeal yet. And, you know, it's funny we're calling it an attempted trip, and I've I've fallen into that trap as well. It sure looks like he makes contact. I think he, he hits his own player. He didn't because he was – he was, he was going down anyway, but that leg went somewhere. Look, it's just a dangerous, dirty, cheap-ass maneuver. And if his argument is, yeah, I tried to do it, I just failed at it, well, that doesn't make it any better. You still tried to do something that has no place in the game, and you come off like a punk. That's a punk-ass move. For a grown man that kids look up to and buy his jersey everywhere, that's an embarrassing, shameful move. And he admitted that he tried to do it. Like all nonchalant, like it's okay. I'm just trying to get him to the ground. Whatever it takes to get him to the ground. I didn't have a knife or a gun, so I figured I may as well trip him. I mean, come on. There's a point where you just have to give up on the play. You just have to give up. You don't pull that crap. I, that, and that's one of the reasons why I've just I've, I've reached a point where I've had enough. I've had enough. Yeah, because well, we all worship the guy, and rightfully so. But when you do shit like that, you lose me. Well, and then when you yeah. act like it was okay... 
And then you start blaming the union preemptively for something you did, and you should just pay the fine. It's couch cushion money for Tom Brady. It's $16,000. Pay the fine, shut your mouth, and move on. Act like an adult. Act your age. Literally. Yeah. You're 45. Act like it. It's a dangerous Sorry. move. That's the Sorry, biggest Tom. thing. It's dangerous. And then the intent it's, it's was just, real. And it's, and it's, a, it's an that's, act that's not even common in the game. There's no – there's no that that's not part of football, you know. Yeah, lowering the head to tackle somebody is part of the head. I mean, part of football. It's, a, it's an act that's common to the game. That is, like, not even in our sport. And it's illegal also in soccer, which is another sport. And that's the move you're doing. So, yes. I mean, again, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's even a specific guideline here because we've gone beyond the realm of what we would think a football player would do on the football field. That is not something that you would do. So that that's where – and I don't think he's going to have a lot of ground to stand on here just because he didn't make contact or because he missed. Uh, I, I still think this is one that he loses, uh, and, and I'll have to pay that full fine. I, I just I wanted to stand up and say it's wrong to do that. Kids, you shouldn't do that. Your, your mindset when playing football and you morph into a defensive player if you are a quarterback or another player on offense should not be to get the other guy who has the ball on the ground at all costs, including doing something dirty. That's basically what he's saying. And his defense is, I failed. That's my that problem with the flake gate. That's where go to that. It's my problem well, there. He didn't need it. He didn't need to. It was 58 degrees, 54 degrees out of kickoff. The balls didn't deflate. The balls weren't 10 degrees warmer on one side of the bag than the other and that they had one pound of difference or eight, you know, point eight, right, whatever. Stop, stop, oh, stop, 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 stop. Shows you. Stop. All right. Stop. No, there's no, because that we're going to piss away 20 more minutes. Yeah, of the show let's do because it. Because then I respond to you. You respond to me. Stop. You know why? We got to take a break. And when we return, <laughs> there's maybe play a reason game. that Tom Brady. <laughs> well, well there's, there's maybe a reason that Tom Brady would be inclined to go back to New England because they've hired an offensive coordinator. And if you watch this show, you know who it is. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, the New England Patriots have a new offensive coordinator. And uh, it's a name that is very familiar in New England, familiar in the NFL. A guy back in the NFL who had been a successful head coach with the Texans, but for whatever reason didn't get a single head coaching interview. Bill O'Brien. Chris, that was something you caught wind of weeks ago. Um, The Patriots had to keep the cards close to the vest for a variety of reasons. The Rooney Rule now applies to coordinator hires, so they had to go through a process, and we end up where we thought we were going to be, with a real actual offensive coordinator with experience running an offense, now running the New England offense, a change that had to be made by Bill Belichick after last year's failed experiment with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, two non-offensive coaches who were given – 
the reins primarily Patricia to the New England offense. Yeah, I think this is a it's a positive move for the New England Patriots and you know and for Mac Jones. I think it's a double whammy. It kind of covers both areas here. One we know they needed you know a real offensive coordinator. Billy O'Brien understands how things are done in New England. You know, there's going to be no systematic adjustment in any way. And then there's history with Mac Jones as well. So all of that makes sense. And yeah, not only are you going to improve your offense with a guy that's been there, done that, but you got a guy that's got a relationship with your starting quarterback who, hey, took a step back this year, not necessarily because of himself, but because of the surrounding issues with the football team. And now maybe you can get him back on the right track here with, with Bill O'Brien and you know a better offense and a guy that, that knows him and has a relationship. And Mac Jones was particularly frustrated because he had seen what it was like under Josh McDaniels. And it was a dramatic, dramatic change from McDaniels to Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. And as Vance Joseph, the Cardinals defensive coordinator, said as the Cardinals were preparing to host the Patriots on a Monday night late in the season, Matt Patricia calls an offense the way a defensive coordinator would. It's a different approach. It's a different mindset. It is a fundamentally different job. Running the defense is completely and entirely different from running the offense. I was talking to somebody over the weekend about that concept of offensive versus defensive head coaches, and I'm a big proponent in offensive coaches, head coaches, because of that relationship with the quarterback. But the person I was speaking to actually, I think, cited something John Lynch, the 49ers GM, has said about the difference between an offensive and a defensive head coach, a Kyle Shanahan. There's a higher level of proactivity. There's a greater sense of attack when you're an offensive coach. When you're a defensive coach, more careful, more conservative. Makes sense. What's your, what's your expertise in football? It's defending. It's stopping. It's not starting. It's stopping. Your offensive head coach is the guy that goes, is the guy that pushes, is the guy that's aggressive, typically. Typically. I don't yeah, want to paint what no, you brought up. But I think that's, that's you you're, know, you're, that, you're right. Yep. No, I don't disagree with your thought there. You're right. Defense is always worried about risk and reward. And wait, where am I going to be susceptible? And ooh, if I do this, they could do this. And man, now I give up a huge play right away. Where, yeah, there's just a, it's a different mindset altogether. And I think that you're not wrong by saying that traditionally, yeah, defensive coaches are a little more conservative than the offensive coaches. I don't think you're off base with that. Oh, and we've, we've had, you know, success with, with both sides there. It depends on the era of football. Right now, it does seem like, for whatever reason, offensive coaches are, you know, have a little advantage in this era of football for a lot of reasons. But, um, yeah, this was something that we knew had to be done by the New England Patriots. I mean, what we saw last year it was nothing what we've seen over the 20 years of, of New England Patriot football with Bill Belichick. It was a great offense with Charlie Weiss when they won the first three Super Bowls. It was a great offense with Josh McDaniels. It was a really damn good one with Billy O'Brien when he took over after Josh McDaniels left and then, of course, went back to great when Josh McDaniels came back. So, uh, yeah, they, they were hurting, and their defense was really good. The weakness of their team was their offense, as we saw down the stretch, or really the whole year. It couldn't have been more ordinary. So now hopefully they're going to be able to lean on that a little bit more. Yeah, and that's what they need. Look, I don't know how many more years Bill Belichick has of mediocrity, of missed playoffs, of no playoff victories. It was Robert Kraft, the owner of the team, who said last March he's bothered by the fact that they've gone three years without a postseason victory. At some point, something's got to give. you got to prove that you are a guy who can win football games without Tom Brady. I mean, the numbers are just dramatically different, not to get back to the whole Tom Brady thing, but when he had Tom Brady, the Patriots were a hell of a lot better than when Bill Belichick hasn't had Tom Brady. Um, so that's, uh, that's the reality for the New England Patriots. And I still can't – I don't understand why Bill O'Brien didn't get a single – head coaching interview a guy who won like four divisions with the dysfunctional Texans team I wrote something last week about this and I'm trying to remember all the names I listed successful head coaches yeah not guys who flamed out after a year or two successful head coaches I saw you wrote the right ignored yeah in this process right uh Bill O'Brien Jason Garrett 
who 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 was a coach of the year and had multiple playoff appearances and division round with the and did, did Dak Pre- you, you know I saw somebody say on Twitter Dak Prescott doesn't need to get better he just gets needs to get back to being the guy he was when he was a rookie well that was with Jason Garrett as the head coach oh. that was Dak Prescott's best year statistically All his, his best years were probably yeah 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 um You've got you've got Marvin Lewis who got the word out this year he wants to get back in and not a peep, not an interview. Frank Reich, not, we not, talked not about anything. before. Even, yeah, Fra- Frank Reich, who who really wasn't as successful as the others, and he did get an interview. And Jim Caldwell got an interview. Jim Caldwell's another one. It's like, what what's wrong with this picture that a guy who took a team to a Super Bowl, a guy who was the best coach the Lions had had for a very long time who got thrown overboard because they hired a GM that wanted to hire Matt Patricia because, you know, you get that thing where a GM and a coach, as they're working up the ranks, they become friends and they decide, hey, you know, if we're ever in these positions, we want to work together. And it it, it didn't work in Detroit. Uh, The New England way isn't going to work in most places other than New England. It's just odd. Even Mike Zimmer, who – you know, he had multiple playoff appearances. He had an NFC Championship game appearance. He doesn't get an interview either. I would, at a minimum, Chris, I would want to talk to some of these guys who have done it at a high level to see if there's something that blows me away about them and also to glean some personality traits from them that I may see or not see in these rising coordinators who have yet to show they can be a head coach. You know, if if I interview a young offensive coordinator, and he reminds me of Bill O'Brien in a good way, Jason Garrett, whatever. If I can if I can sense something that makes me think this person is going to be ready to lead, that this person is going to be ready to step into that bigger job that is a much different skill set, I it's it just it just doesn't make sense to me why these guys didn't at least get consideration yeah, given I, I hear that you. they have done the job and they've done it well. It, it's, it's, I, I, I hear you. It, it's, it's really hard. There's only 32 of them. And yeah, you look at some and I go, damn, there's some that are out there that have been successful. You named a lot of them. And I go, he deserves a second chance. But at the same time, there's also one sitting here at a, in, you know, assistantville in the NFL where I go, damn, they deserve a chance here at some point. Eric Bieniemy. Wink Martindale. They got other assistants or you go, man, they've done positive things for a long time and they've been knocking at, can I get a chance at a head coaching job? And they don't ever get a shot. So that's where it's hard. So I, I, it's like, I feel for everybody. And that's why the NFL is brutal. It's not fair a lot of the times. And yeah, a lot of those guys you talked about there deserve second chances. They did pretty good in their first chance, let alone there was some things that if we unpacked some of their chances there where you'd go, there was some real dysfunction or some issues behind the scene that they had to deal with, and they still did pretty good. Um, but uh, it, it's just the nature of the beast. I, I don't understand it either, Mike. It's not fair. Uh, but there's a lot of qualified candidates out there that you know deserve a chance and haven't gotten it yet, and uh, that's where it's, it's, it's really hard. I mean, if I was the one making the call, I would – I'm not saying I would definitely hire somebody who has experience as a head coach, but damn, that would be important for me. And I'd want to talk to multiple candidates who have been head coaches of NFL teams, because if you've done it and you've done it well, then chances are you're going to do it well for me. And Oh, and this is the other thing too. While we're in the, it's the public perception that I feel like really plays into this too, right? right? That's the other aspect that I think makes owners chicken out with the retread guy there. It's just because of, oh, you're going to hire that guy? Oh, yeah. They didn't do hey, anything. Hey. And you're like, well, they actually way far exceeded expectations and did great. But because you don't really pay attention, you're going to start the online, you didn't do anything. And that's where it, it's wrong, too. But that's just the nature of the beast. I remember the backlash that USC got when they hired Pete Carroll 20 years ago. Yeah, right? It's been more than 20 now. Yeah. I, they were relentless because what's Pete Carroll ever done? He got fired by the Patriots. He got fired by the Jets. What's he ever done? Oh, God, he's not going to do anything here. And he transforms the program, and then he goes to Seattle, and he transforms that one. Here's a point that I was talking to somebody about as well as it relates to when you have a coach that you know is a great coach. And this just isn't – you know, run of the mill, middle of the pack. When you have a coach that you know is doing the job well, that is one huge thing to never have to worry about. If your team is struggling, it's not, does my coach not know what he's doing? No, 
My coach is good. I'm not worried about my coach. I can worry about my left tackle. I can worry about my kicker. I can worry about my salary cap space. I don't have to worry about my coach. And that's a huge difference for the people who run the teams, the GM, the front office people. If you know you've got a great coach, that is a huge burden that is never carried. Because when your team isn't getting it done, you never have to say to yourself, is my coach good enough? Because you know he is. You know, in New England, the issue isn't the head coach. The issue is other stuff, offensive coordinator, um, for example, with Bill Belichick. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why they're clamoring for Sean Payton. Once you have a great head coach, you don't have to worry about whether or not your coach knows how to coach, unlike many of these other teams, Chris. Yeah. That you, you get a rising coordinator like the Broncos did last year, and they spent most of the year asking themselves, does Nathaniel Hackett know how to be a head coach? Well, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're right. You're spot on. I mean, yeah, we, we had some examples this weekend, right? Oh, wait, wait, we lost a quarterback. Oh, we lost a backup quarterback. Oh, we're on the third stringer. Wait, I got a good damn coach. We'll still be good. Oh, wait, I lost my superstar quarterback with a high ankle sprain. Don't worry, I'm a good damn coach, and I've set this team up to where we can survive and Chad Henney can score on a 98-yard drive right here. That, that's what you're talking about. That's what good coaches do. They overcome obstacles. They always have the team believing, working hard, doing all those type of things, right? And I, I think uh, that's kind of what you're speaking of. And if you look at the top teams in the organi- in football, the Baltimore Ravens, John Harvard, same thing, right? Oh, the quarterback's hurt? Great. We're still going to be competitive, and you're going to have to fight for it like hell to beat us, even with our backup quarterback. Uh, the, that's what a special coach can do. He makes the organization believe, always has the right game plan and approach according to who's on the field and the injuries and all that. And I think that's kind of the point you're speaking to there. All right, let's take a break. When we return, the New York Giants had a much better than expected season. They have two key players, both of whom are headed to free agency in theory. Will Daniel Jones and or Saquon Barkley be back with the Giants in 2023? We'll discuss that when we return. Oh, right G-Man. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.